Arizona Sports. Sports. The local sports sports leader. Burns and Gambo. The 4 o'clock reset. Brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing. Proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals. 4 o'clock reset. All right, halfway home on this Friday afternoon. Here is where you go to get caught up on everything going on in sports. Little ditty we call the 4 o'clock reset on the Burns and Gambo show. Starting, of course, with the Phoenix Suns. Devin Booker is off the injury report for tonight's Suns game. Second night of a back-to-back. They lost last night to the Hawks, 116-107. Their first game, Gambo, in four and a half years without Mikel Bridges. It was weird, and you could tell they missed him. They didn't look very engaged last night in the loss to Atlanta. Yeah, and and I'm going to keep my eye on the Nets and see what happens with Mikel and Cam and hope those guys do well. And, you know, Jay's with the Bucs, and we'll see what happens with Dario if he gets bored out and goes somewhere else. But think about it. That's four players that we've been accustomed to seeing. Jay, Dario. Cam and Mikhail that are no longer on the team. Yeah, only nine guys available last night. They lost 116-107. Now tonight, as I mentioned, they get Devin Booker back. Landry Shamit is still out. Campaign is still out. Uh, Darius Baisley and TJ Warren are still not available after the trade. That game you'll be able to hear on ESPN 620. Former Suns owner Jerry Colangelo jumped on Wolf and Luke this afternoon, spoke to Matt Ishbia before the Durant trade. Before the actual announcement, Matt Ishbia reached out to me. And on Kevin Durant, who he spent extended time with, with USA Basketball. I have great respect for him. He just loves the game, and he comes to play every single night. No distractions, as some people like to say. He's a real baller. Yeah. He I, loves the hoop, man. That's he what he loves the hoop. I, I love the fact that Matt reached out to Jerry. I love the fact that he talked about the Durant trade and wanted to be, you know, be my mentor. You know, help me. I mean, that's fantastic. So, you know, Matt Ishby, you know, getting the lay of the land, Jerry Colangelo being the legend that he is. I love the fact that those, those two have hooked up. We just had president of basketball ops, James Jones, on the show. We asked him a multitude of things. We'll go through more of the audio later in the show. Here's what he said about trading players like Mikel for Kevin Durant. Yeah, Think like anyone would. If, if you're one, if you're pursuing one of the, the greatest players of all time, um, you're going to want a really good player in return at a minimum. And um, there just was no package or, or no configuration that um, was going to be suitable for them that didn't include Mikael. And so that's that's the tough part about it. Um, it, it signals two things that you know Mikael's a really good player, which is why uh, we were reluctant to have him in those conversations. Um, and then two that it takes a really good player to get a great player and you know that's the cost of, of, of trying to compete for titles yeah I mean it's the bottom line is the Nets had some leverage there didn't they yeah the Nets had some leverage like if you want him this is what it's going to cost if you don't want him and then if, if you don't want to include Mikhail then you're not going to get him and that was pretty much it they were able to they were able to get exactly what they wanted out of the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, and that leverage you described was kind of brought to light in a story by Ramona Shelburne on ESPN in which she reported KD did indeed request a trade and specifically requested a trade to the Phoenix Suns and that Ishbia and Josiah, a phone call kind of started the talks on Monday and that the deal was done and the Nets wanted Crowder too and that's when things stalled a little bit because the Suns didn't want to include Jay Crowder. They, they wanted to flip him in a separate deal which is exactly what the Nets did which is why they wanted Jay Crowder. Yeah, my goal is to try to find out what that separate deal was. Yeah. I'm going to work on that and try to find out what was that separate deal that where Jay was going to go and what were the Suns going to get for him. All right, Michael Bidwell has spoken on the record about the Cardinals coaching search. I want to thank Darren Irvin from azcardinals.com because 
because he's the one who got the quote. Um, Michael, quote, it's Super Bowl weekend. The entire NFL is focused on the Super Bowl. So we're going to pause throughout the rest of the weekend and get restarted on this on Monday morning. We're excited about the great progress we've made. Every bit of advice has been take your time, and we have. I'm sure there are some frustrations with our fans, but we want to make the right decision, not the fastest decision, close quote. Yeah, I don't think the frustration. Look, you got plenty of time. You'll get the you'll get a coach. Hopefully you just get the right coach. The frustration from the fans isn't how long it's taking. The frustration with the fans is like, why did certain people, why, why did four people not want to come work for the Arizona Cardinals? Yes. That's the frustration, because then you ask more questions on top of that. You're on the nose when it comes to that. He also pointed out in the history of all Super Bowls, there's never been a team that's been the host city while doing a GM search and a head coaching search, so basically suggesting that's what's kind of holding things up. Beyond that, there wasn't anything else specific. NFL Network's Tom Palacero was on Bickley and Murata this morning, and he thought Dan Quinn was going to be the guy. If Dan Quinn had not decided not to take a head coaching job in this cycle, the Cardinals would add their head coach a couple of weeks ago. Didn't end up playing out that way, and so you know they got Lou Anarumo talking to him today. Mike Kafka I mean, it was zooming on Tuesday because they're they're back to zooms here. And I know the Cardinals have you know been digging around on some of the coaches in this game too, and so we'll see how exactly they wrap up this process. That's too bad because I really would have yeah. liked Dan Quinn here. Yeah, really that's interesting. Like that, that is interesting. And listen, sometimes you don't get your first choice, and you know maybe that's the case this time that they're not going to get their first choice. But the most important thing is they got to get. Man, I, the only thing I'm really hoping for. I hope they don't get a guy that they've got to fire within the first two to three years. Yeah, that would be really nice if that didn't happen. So Arizona searching for the Cliff Kingsbury replacement. Cliff Kingsbury himself reportedly has an interview with the Texans to be their offensive coordinator. One of three known candidates to be the OC with the Texans. Interesting. Interesting. He came back, you know, cleared his head, went to Thailand and came back and had the urge to get back into this. You know, yeah. not just take the money, sit out. And if I can get a job as an offensive coordinator, D'Amico, you know, obviously knows him, going against him two times a year, must have liked him. They did hire uh, was Matt Burke to be the defensive coordinator. So D'Amico already getting one Cardinal coach to be his defensive coordinator. Could he get another one to be his offensive coordinator? Yeah, Cardinals defensive line coach Matt Burke is now the new DC under D'Amico Ryan. Speaking of Cliff Kingsbury, Isaiah Simmons talked to Pro Football Talk today about what went wrong for the Cardinals last night. Like Zuda said, um, in training camp, you could tell that maybe at times it was a little relaxed. It was a little too relaxed. Yeah. Um, and, you know, training camp, that's when you really find out a lot about your team. Definitely. And at times I felt like a lot of that um, carried over into the season, um, you know, with uh, people being maybe too relaxed um, or taking advantage of the culture. The culture. And showing up to a meeting a little late or yeah, 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 yeah. moseying like out on the practice field where you're like, exactly. man, we've all been out here, but exactly. you're coming out a minute late. Like, what's going on? Yeah, so just just a higher sense of urgency. Right. Um be the best way I can say yeah, it. Yeah, I got you. Sense of urgency. Wow. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Wow. <laughs> God. Just, just hear it. Forget the 50-year like option, Isaiah. <laughs> just, yeah. Oh, that makes me so uncomfortable to hear it. Sense of urgency. Really Super Bowl 57 on Sunday. Chiefs, Eagles. I got the Eagles. Gambo's got the Chiefs. Mm. So we're both saying it's a game in the 20s. I've got 27-24. You've got what? 24-21? Yeah, 24-21. I think okay. it'll be a little bit a little bit more of a low-scoring game. Uh, the NFL awards given 
went out last night that Big E was Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes, his second MVP in six seasons. It was nearly unanimous, not quite. Yeah. He ran away with it last I, I, night. I know. Just a just tremendous. He's got the one Super Bowl. And, you know, I think he's the type of guy that, that will have several in his career. And this is, you just want to take advantage of these opportunities, man, because you know, that defines you, right? The the amount of Super Bowls you win, you're, that, that will define Patrick Mahomes when his career is over. All right, we're still waiting for the buyout market to shake out in the NBA. One name that is going to be out there very soon, according to Sham Sharania, Patrick Beverly and the Magic are working on a buyout. No, 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 yeah, no, 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 He's a no, pain no, no. to coach, man. Everywhere he goes, they want to get rid of him, man. He's just a pain to coach. I can't see Monty sitting there, you know, who didn't want to coach Jay Crowder because he thought he was too difficult. I can't see Monty like, yeah, I'd love to have Pat Bev on my team. I can't. There's just no way. I'd be shocked if that was something that the Suns were interested in. I highly doubt it. I won't rule it out completely because I don't know yet, but I'll try to find out. But I highly doubt that that would be a guy. Both U of A and ASU men's basketball took home wins last night. The fourth-ranked Wildcats crushed Cal last night. As Cal uh, big, so bad. Huh? They are so bad. Yeah, Cal's really, really bad. God, they're so bad. Meanwhile, the Sun Devils went on a 14-2 run at the end of the game to pull out a comeback victory against Stanford DJ Horn, night. you know, they, Stanford had a chance to, to take the lead with about eight seconds left. They shot a three, missed. Horn got the rebound, got fouled, hit two free throws. Stanford comes back down. They get another three. They miss it. ASU runs out the clock. They get a win on the road. Very important. And win if they want to, you know, try to do some damage here at the end of the season and get in the NCAA tournament. Oklahoma and Texas both agree to exit the Big 12 Conference after the 23-24 season. Paying $100 million. $100 million I heard part of it. that money is going to go to the network because they're not going to have those Texas-Oklahoma games anymore. Yeah, yeah. So it's got to get paid back to the network. And then finally, the Waste Management Phoenix Open leaderboard. Round two is in progress. It's a star-studded top of that leaderboard. Last year's champ, Scotty Scheffler, shot a seven under today. Day. He's your leader right now at 10 under. John Rahm, the former ASU golfer, shot a 5 under today. He is two shots back at 8 under par. They're going to break smash records out there. Don't they usually week. when the Super Bowl's yes, here? they usually they get a lot of... I mean, they get bodies out there anyway. They're going to get a lot of extra bodies. We also had our streaker. Oh, we had a streaker First today. one of the weekend. Yeah, I saw that. We had a streaker today. I said, don't look out though! <laughs> it's too late. <laughs> we did have a streaker, Mitch. Thank you for pointing that out. The Arizona Sports Promo Team will be at the Pepsi Fan Fest from the Arizona Center in downtown Phoenix. They're there until 6 o'clock today. The Pepsi Fan Fest includes food and beverages and games and live performances by Tech 9 and others, an autograph signing by Ricky Waters as well. When we come back, if Kevin Durant is near the end of his career in the NBA, this could be one hell of a final chapter. That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Just real quick before we talk more about uh, the Suns and Kevin Durant. David Peralta. One year. Uh, one year, six and a half million dollar contract with the L.A. Dodgers. The Dyers. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. It's it's not as long as he doesn't start running his mouth like AJ Pollock did when he got there. That I'm fine with it, right? David so, does. David doesn't have a lot left. Um, 
He went. He went to. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, in all the time that he played with Tampa Bay, he did not hit one home run. I'm going by memory. I got nothing up. I don't believe he hit one home run the whole time he was there. Might hit like 270 or something, but he didn't hit any home runs. Stand by. Stand by. How many at bats? Uh, with the Tampa Bay Rays. 161 at bats uh-huh. with the Tampa Bay Rays. And zero home runs. Zero home runs. He hit 255. 255. You know him down with OPS, 652 he's, OPS. Yeah. yeah he's he's a fifth outfielder. Yeah, no, I, I mean it's he's not a, yeah. we you know, I and I we play that Luke Skywalker no, no, no from Empire Strikes Back. And, and yeah, I mean nobody wants to see our former Diamondbacks going to the LA Dodgers cuz you know, but but again, like AJ went there and it was fine until AJ started talking bad about his experience in Arizona. I was like, hey, man, come on, stop. As long as David doesn't do that, if David wants to go to L.A., then, you know, I'd stay. Made six and a half million dollars. Gonzo, Daniel Hudson. Oh, sure. Well, a lot of there those guys plenty. went to the Dodgers. Yeah, there have been there have been plenty. Yeah. Right, there have been. Trevor Bauer. <clears throat> um, yeah, there have been a few. Yeah, woo. yeah right. Hello. Um, anyway, David Peralta. To the dog. Oh, there you go. One last thing before and we steer our attention back to the Phoenix Suns. Um, Mikel Bridges, the long Instagram post saying goodbye to Phoenix. I didn't see it. Just you, came down. Could you read it? I'd be happy to. Okay. It's a little long. Bear with me. Um, man, I don't even know where to start. Just want to thank Phoenix and especially these sons for everything. Brought a kid who was pissed off getting traded from his hometown team to finding a new home and never wanting to leave. To my friends I met out there, so happy I met all of y'all. I would have never had this much fun if it wasn't for you guys. But you know, life goes on, so I'm going to catch y'all in the summer, LOL. To the fans who stuck by me from that damn hitch in my shot and to even struggling in the playoffs, y'all the best. Ever. Y'all really made me feel so loved, and when y'all started getting on my ass when I was struggling at times, especially this year, I knew y'all really cared, and that meant more than y'all would ever know. To the staff, coaches, and everyone that works at the facility, the arena, I love you all so much. I'm going to miss you all the most. You let me be myself, and you made the you made my day every time I came to work. I appreciate, and I'm going to miss the hell out of all of you. And to my teammates, and then it goes on to spe- specifically say thank you to Bismack and Campaign and CP3 and DeAndre and D-Book. Um, on the Brooklyn, P.S., I got my twin with me, so it's up. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to miss an athlete more from this town. Mikel? I don't know if I'm going to... Who who, have you, who did you miss more? Oh. That left in their prime, not at the end of their career, but... The, the, only, one that comes you, to my, the, the only one that comes to mind to me is Dan. When he got traded to Cleveland for Hot Rod Warriors. Okay. I mean, not Nash when he went to L.A. It no, was two no. years too late. Nope. Nope. Not Nash. Not, not Gonzo when he went to the Dodgers. Was it Marion for you? It wasn't Sean? Yeah, I did miss Sean. When Sean got traded yeah, to Miami, he was still Heat? at his prime. He still was. You know, because that one was... That, that trade, people have asked me on Twitter, maybe you've got the same thing, have asked me about comparing the Kevin Durant trade to the Shaq trade. Man, they couldn't be more... Not the same if they tried. The Suns. So different. The Suns, first of all, the Suns didn't give up a massive package of guys for Shaq. They gave up Sean Marion. Number two, Pal Gasol had just gotten traded to the Lakers, what, like 
a week or two before that it happened, the Suns were desperate. That, that, that Pau Gasol move, if I, it scared the hell out of everybody in the Western Conference. It was like, uh oh, we got, we better do something. We're, we're not, we can't keep up with them with Pau Gasol and Kobe. We, well, we have to do something to keep up with them. And that, out of desperation, they had a trade. I remember for talking to Steve Kerr that night, and 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 Steve told me flat out he didn't want to make that trade. Mike wanted to do it. So they were like, Mike, Mike wanted to trade Shaq for Steve, and Steve Kerr, who was the GM at the time, did not want to do it. So they brought in Steve Nash, and they let him cast a deciding vote, and Nash said, make the trade. Bring in Shaq. So Nash got that over the top. They went to the player, and the player decided to do it. So the GM didn't want to make the trade. The coach did, and the star player did, and that's why it ended up going down. Yeah, February, I just looked it up real quick. February 1st, 2008, the Lakers acquired Gasol. February 6th, 2008, the Suns acquired Shaquille O'Neal. So it was like five days later, it was like, oh, crap. We better do something, otherwise we're never going to make it. Um, Jersey numbers, you put that up there, Mitch? Mikel's going to wear number one, Cam's going to wear number two? That's what I saw on the website. Oh, well, that's, that's just cool. adorable, isn't it? That, that is cute. They're twins. Um, to your point, since we're kind of going impromptu here, the only player I can think of is Dan. Where I, I, um, that I would say I would have missed more than Mikel. Because Dan was, I mean, you're talking about Gamble, you're talking about like my childhood, not my childhood, but the, the, the Charles Barkley, Kevin Johnson, Dan Marley teams, and to not have Dan Marley on those teams, man, that hurt. That hurt. Just trying to think of anybody else I can think of. Kachuk, Ronick, Dally Drake. You know, guys who were pretty much from the Diamondbacks when when Kurt got traded to Boston, when Rainey got traded to the Yankees. Nobody ever liked Kurt. <laughs> You're not wrong. I'm the only one. Yeah. You're, You're I'm like the only one. That's, that is the truth. I might go visit him in That's, Tennessee soon. He's got like 35 the, acres there. I'm like, you know, like thing you've ever said. You're right. Not a whole lot of people yeah. like Kurt Schilling. Not I was like, I'm the only one like the poor guy. Uh, not a whole lot of people like Randy either, but everybody softened on that. I can't. I'm really going to miss Mikel. Cool dude. Really, really cool dude. I'd say like he's going to be one of those guys that you're going to miss the most, for sure. Yeah. Uh, quickly, KD's final chapter. It was nice to read an article today that didn't paint this beautiful, glowing picture about the Suns getting Kevin Durant. This one was a little bit more, hey, let's remember, everybody, he gets hurt a lot. And hey, everybody, he's 34. Yeah. And hey, everybody, Chris Paul's 37. And, and let's kind of understand that, that the end of it might be coming faster than anybody thinks and by for the Kevin way, Who's going to guard Luca? Who's going to guard Kawhi? Who's going to guard those guys? You're going to make Kevin Durant guard, guard those guys and wear himself out on a defensive end? You're going to put Tory Craig on him? You're going to put TJ Warren who can't defend on him? You know that was it. They talked about the you talked about the injured team. One of the interesting things was you know his legacy, Durant's legacy, and what it's going to be defined by. Is he is he a mercenary? Join a joiner? Finding another team with star players to try to chase a championship? Like, how do you define, you know, that legacy of Kevin Durant? Now, if he comes to Phoenix and if he comes to Phoenix and puts this team over the top and they win a championship, I got to be honest with you. I think he'll get he'll get the most credit more than book, more than CP3, DA. I think he would get the most. credit. Why did the Phoenix Suns win a championship? I got Kevin Durant. They got Kevin Durant. That's why they won the championship. I think at this point, like if Chris would have won it in year one against Milwaukee up to nothing, they would have built a statue of Chris here. Sure. If they would have hung on and won that series, Chris Paul comes to Phoenix. They weren't even in the playoffs. They they were a bubble team that didn't make the play. If they didn't even make the play-in game, next year they win a championship, statue, Chris, Chris Paul. Durant does it. 
Less for less about Paul and maybe even less about Book and I think more about Durant. I don't think you're wrong and I think that's why the answer to your question is really complicated. All right, nationally, I have no idea what Kevin Durant's legacy will be if he wins a championship with the Suns. Locally, I know exactly what Kevin Durant's legacy will be. He'll be exactly the guy you're describing. Build him a statue. Uh, and because it's it's we've all been aching for the Suns to win a championship. For, I mean, for some of us back since the, we were born. I mean, literally the day I was born or, you know, years after that, when I became a Suns fan for the first time, born a race here nationally. I don't know. I don't know what the reputation of Kevin Durant would be if he, you know, is it that of a mercenary that he's going to go anywhere to chase rings? I don't care. You know, I, as a Suns fan, I don't care if he has that reputation. I want that banner. I want that championship T-shirt. I want that parade. You know, I, I don't care what label you put on Kevin Durant if he's the one who wins it. You know, doesn't matter to me. One yeah. Bit. I, I know. I know. But I do think that guys get defined by certain points in their careers oh, sure. and what they do and how they do it. And um, and and Durant, you know, won the championship of the Golden State joining a super team, tried to form a super team with the Nets. And then, you know, here and even in Oklahoma City. Right. That was a super team. Him and Westbrook and, and Harden. Harden. Like that was yeah. a super team. So hey, listen, I mean, do you fault guys for wanting to play with better players and try to win a championship? I don't think you can fault them for that. So the Suns were shorthanded last night. And they were also a little emotional. They spoke on the loss of Mikel and Kim after they got done losing to Atlanta. That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Right, let's update our Twitter poll question of the day since it's 4.30. Let's do it with Eric Ruby here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, Rubes, what you got? We haven't had a football Friday classic in quite some time, but the Super Bowl's on Sunday. Who are you taking and by how much? Chiefs or Eagles? Eagles Chiefs. by three. I'm going to go KC. It's going to be a good game. It should be a close game either way. It can't, you know, so it's, it's not a clear-cut answer here. It does have some incredible competition to live up to when it comes to Arizona Super Bowls. It's competing with Malcolm Butler at the goal line and David Tyree's helmet catch. That's, I mean, that's the last two Super Bowls to be played here were only two of the most historic endings in the history of the Super Bowl. Yeah, we've had so some good Super Bowls good here. Good luck competing yeah, with that. Super Bowls. Yeah. And of course, the one everybody forgets about, Super Bowl 30. Sun Devil Stadium. Cowboys and the Steelers at Sun Devil Stadium. I was there that day. You um, were. I was there. Yeah, I was there. That was, I was. Uh, how made them put a Super Bowl at, at a college stadium? Uh, it was. What made them it do was a, a little, Super Bowl It was there. a little rough, I got to admit. It was a little ragged for sure, but it was fun. I'm glad I got to go. Uh, what's our audience say on this one? This one's still holding close, but a little bit farther away than two hours ago. Leading the way by just a little more now at 52.2% is the Philadelphia Eagles at 47.8%. It's the Chiefs. We put another poll out there saying if you're picking one person on the roster right now, who's the fifth starter for the Phoenix Suns? Instead of listing off all the options, I'm just going to make it an open floor question. Who should that fifth guy be? Josh Kogi. Josh it makes Kogi. some sense to have one defensive guy out there. Now, it'll probably be Tory Craig, probably. But the Josh Okoji thing does make sense. Just have one, you know, take some of the pressure off of everybody else defensively. You have a guy who doesn't need the ball in his hands. You don't have to worry about him. You know, doesn't need any shots. Tory does give you rebounding. So Tory does, you for a team that shoots a lot of mid-range jumpers, 
Tory gives you rebounding. So I can see that, you know, I understand the Koji thing. It's not a bad thought at all. I said a Koji earlier, but based on what you put down with the Koji not on there, out of that group, I would say Tory. Yeah, Tory leading the way out of the four we put on there, which was Tory, Damian Lee, Landry Shamit, and TJ Warren. Tory's leading the way at 53.3%, TJ in a strong second at 30.8%, but a Kogi is definitely the name commented the most underneath. Uh, the starting lineup for tonight's game against the Pacers, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Tory Craig, DeAndre Ayton, and Josh Okogie. That's, yeah. that's, that's the starting five tonight. There now, you go right now, there. Take they, a bow day, Burns. They don't, yeah. they don't have T.J. Warren tonight. They don't have Darius Baisley tonight. And obviously, they won't have Kevin Durant for a couple of more weeks. So you got to assume when Durant's in there, he's taking either a Kogi or Craig's spot, you would think. So, I mean, that it seems like maybe that's a hint that it's going to be one of those two guys unless there's somebody in the buyout market they go get. We have spent, Gambo, you and I, very little time talking about last night's actual game for the Phoenix. Suns. Um, they lost to the Atlanta Hawks. It was a very dispirited affair. There, there wasn't a lot of energy in the game. DeAndre Ayton had two rebounds the whole time. <laughs> how, does DeAndre, how does DeAndre Ayton have only two rebounds? I think everybody kind of went into that game knowing that they were bringing a knife to a gunfight. They didn't have guys. Think you're right. And it is the emotional aspect of it, right? One of the great things about yesterday's game was that it came out afterwards, just all the emotion yeah. that the players had and you know how long we talked to I talked to Mikhail for 30 minutes before he left and Chris was talking about it. Monty was talking about it. I think that took a toll on the guys. I do. I think it took a toll on it because those guys were so, so well loved and respected as brothers and teammates that I listen. I, you could have bet the house on Atlanta yesterday. They were, the Hawks were going to win that game. In retrospect, I wish I had bet the house on Atlanta because in, in, in retrospect, it, somebody had even said it, they really shouldn't have any games the night of the trade deadline. Like it's just unfair to ask a lot of these teams to go out there and play. That's a good point. In a moment, yeah. I can't remember yeah. who made it. Somebody on Twitter said it's just such a bad idea to play these games the night of the deadline. Here's money pregame on the emotions of trading away Cam and McHale. There's a human side to all of this that. Um, um, you have to deal with, you know, it was an emotional day um, <clears throat> talking to those guys and um, I got to see them before they, they took off and um, it was emotional. So those those two are near and dear to my heart. Um, they literally are like my family. Chris Paul after the game. I mean, obviously there's a lot of emotions. You know, we got um, the guys that I just came and killed, but also Barrio. You know what I mean? We, we got a really tight group over here, but uh, we got a chance to spend some time together after the trade. You know what I mean? Like, we all was up in the hallway talking. Yeah, I talked to Kale on my way to the game today. I think the, the, the friendships and the bonds that we didn't make, you know, that's, that's sometimes rare in this league. You know what I mean? Like, that'll continue. Yeah, and uh, look, we expected it. Frankly, I expect it to last maybe, I don't even, I don't know if they're going to play with the same lack of energy tonight that they did last night, but I do expect there to be a little hangover effect. Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson were extremely popular guys in that. You know what? Dario was a very popular guy in that locker room. Not like Mikel and Cam. No, but he, he, those are three 
core guys. Everybody liked them. Um, they were popular within the room. It takes a while to get over something like that. Now, I imagine Devin Booker being back tonight will help. He'll bring a lot of energy to the floor, given that he was kept out of last night's game due to injury management. But, yeah, you're right. In retrospect, should have bet the house on Atlanta last night. That would have been a good, smart bet. Yeah, because, you know, the, the Suns were shorthanded. They didn't have guys. Uh, you're going through an emotional roller coaster with some of your key players gone, and you got to answer all these questions. And, you know, you're thinking about KD. A lot of guys are thinking, okay, how does that, how's this guy going to fit? How's it going to affect my time? What's going to, how's it going to affect the roster? It's just a lot of things that are going on. And then the, you know, the buyout market and then the trade deadline. Guys are nervous leading up to the trade deadline. So, you know, look, Atlanta went out there. They played a good game. They won. The, the Suns have Indiana tonight. And then I think once the All-Star break gets back, I think the expectations are that Durant will get back right after the All-Star break, mm-hmm. coming off of the knee injury. And then you'll start to see this, start to see what this team is going to look like heading into the playoffs. The last time the Phoenix Suns played a game without Mikel Bridges in it, April 10th of 2018. Oh, my goodness. That was the last time Mikel Bridges was not in uniform. What was that? Suns. What was that roster? Dragon Bender, Marquise, Chris. Was Alex Len still on the team? Give me a minute. This could be fun. To April uh, 2000, 2018. Would have been was, first year too, right? That would have been Aiden. Well, Aiden and Mikhail were rookies together, so they would have. That that was no. The draft had to be because Aiden. If because if Aiden played, Mikhail played. Because they both were in the same draft. Jamal Crawford, then? Give me. I'm looking it up. You guys keep talking. I've got the roster from 2017-18. Okay. That would be the year the game. I'm looking at the box score. Okay. I've I've got the box score right here. It's just just loading right now. Ten guys that played in that game. The Phoenix Suns, the Dallas Mavericks, on April 10th, 2018. The Suns won the game 124 to 97 to improve to 21 and 61 on the season. There you go. Okay. (laughs) Your your starting lineup for the Phoenix Suns. We should get Vinny Murata in here. Daniel House Jr. Oh, my goodness. Dragon Bender. Dragon Bender. Shaq Harrison. Oh. Alex Len. Alex Len. And Devon Reed. Oh, my God. Your backups even... were Jared Dudley, Tyler Eulis, Alec Peters. Tyler Eulis. Booker didn't play. Troy Daniels didn't play. Josh Jackson didn't play. So you're, you're five on the floor. Daniel House, Dragon Bender, Shaquille Harrison, Alex Len, Devon Reed. That wow. was the Alec Peters 36-point game. Was it really? That was the Alec I mean, Peters the guy 36 the game of his points life. off the bench. Yeah, Right. For the rest of his life, that That's guy, good, I scored 36 catch. points yeah. in an NBA game. You know what? I was just looking right. at the names. I wasn't looking at the numbers. That's a really yeah. good... That's Alec Peters. 30, yeah. 36 Alec, points. Alec Peters is going around now telling people he played in the NBA, and people are laughing at him because I dropped 36 on the Mavs. You want to do a bandwagon check now that Kevin Durant's in the Valley? You got to go around and ask people if they know who Alec Peters is. <laughs> Alec Peters <laughs> right. is... He has relatives that are asking who he is. If you don't remember who Alec Peters is, you're not allowed to be a fan of the Phoenix. <laughs> rest of his life, I dropped 36 on on the Mavs, baby. How many other people have done that? Uh, it wasn't much better for Dallas. My goodness. Aaron Harrison, Kyle Collinsworth, Dorian Finney-Smith, Jonathan Motley, and Dwight Powell. Oh, God. Who the five starters? Who are the reserves? Who are the well, reserves? Well, they were trying to get Luka. Yeah, they were trying to get, and they did. They got Luka. Uh, Jalen Jones, Maxi Kleba, Yogi Farrell. 
were the were the backups in that game. Oh my goodness, that was the last Yogi Ferrell, Indiana. Uh, I believe so. Yes. Indiana Yogi Ferrell. So. Yeah. yeah, good Remember catch, Rubes. I'm glad college, you caught that. College glad player. you caught that. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, he's not in the running for the job. It sounds like there was some in-house support though for the Arizona Cardinals in-house candidate for head coach. That's next on the Burns and Gambo show. Burns and Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports Cardinals head coaching search update. There is actually a lot to update you on, even though we're not anticipating any sort of announcement until next week. We've been talking about that all week long. You've been mentioning that all week long, Gambo. Um, there is we we have to talk about this. There's some stuff out here that we want you to know about. Number one, uh, Johnny Venerable tweeted out from PHNX Sports uh, on today's PHNX Cardinals podcast. Josh Weinfuss covers the team for ESPN confirmed that both Zayvon. Collins and Buda Baker lobbied to Michael Bidwell for Vance Joseph to be the next head coach of the Cardinals. Wow. Our own Tyler Drake, our Cardinals beat writer for ArizonaSports.com, confirmed this, tweeting out, Zaven filled us in about this ahead of Wednesday's Waste Management Phoenix Open Pro-Am. Sounded like it wasn't necessarily just the two of them either. So it sounds like there was in the locker room some groundswell of support. Buda, Zaven, sounds surprised. like others. I mean, no. I'm not surprised. Vance is a... And, and Vance may end up coming back and being a defensive coach. Like, if you're Michael and you're hearing how this empathetically, how much they like Vance, you could hire Kafka and push for Vance to be the defensive coordinator. Like, you could do that. Now you appease Vance and, uh, I mean, uh, Zabin and Buddha and everybody else that likes Vance because Vance is still here. He's still on the contract. They haven't let him go. They haven't let him out of a contract. So I understand that those guys liked, liked uh, Vance. And I... I don't love Vance. I don't dislike Vance. I think he's good. I don't know he's great, but I think he's good. There'd be something to say about the continuity and everything. That defense at times. And remember, they spent a lot more money on the offense than they did on the defense. A lot more money. Sure. The same resources were not used on the defense as the offense. So, you know, when you look at it and you, you look at that money, the disparity was huge. Yeah. So Vance was working with a lot less of a budget on his players than what the offense was working There's on. No, and every, look, every time I've said I don't want Vance around, it's, it's at the, as much as it seems like it's personal, it's not. It's, it's nothing against Vance. It, it really, you want the new coach empowered. I, I, that's exactly it. You I, want him empowered. I don't want the new coach coming in here and getting cut off at the knees by having coaches handed to him by, by having it mandated that coaches be on his staff. I think that's the a fast track to losing respect. I think that's a fast track for guys looking at you and going, oh, he's not qualified for the job. He doesn't even get to pick his own defensive coordinator. He gets it handed to him as much as they might want Vance in the room still. I just I think that's a bad first step for any new coach to come in and say, we don't trust you to hire your own staff. We're going to do it for you. Well, then maybe you should hire somebody else that you do trust to hire their own staff. It, it just, I just don't like the message it sends. That's all. I understand that. Yeah, you're not crazy there. You're not crazy. Most head coaches come in and bring in their own new staff. D'Amico Ryans yeah. gets to hire whoever he wants to hire. Yes. Tuesday, who do you want to hire? You want to hire Cliff Kingsbury? Well, freaking hire Cliff Kingsbury! <laughs> you can hire whoever you want. They may be looking at you like you're crazy. You want to hire what? <laughs> the guy is in Thailand right now? <laughs> yes, get him a ticket. Bring him home. I want to hire. Okay, uh, you're the head coach. <laughs> you want to hire him? Okay, call Thailand right now. 
I hope Tamiko Ryan isn't getting yelled at like get this. Get Sylvester Stallone to go get him on his boat. It's a very aggressive. <laughs> Sylvester get Stallone. Get Sylvester Stallone to take that boat out and bring him back. Sylvester Stallone's got a boat in Thailand? What's, where was he on that movie? You were Ram, First Blood or Rambo, oh, where was he? Uh, I think he, he was in where Afghanistan was for one of them, Vietnam no. for one of them, the one where he was rescuing the POWs. He oh, was, was Vietnam. Vietnam. Yeah, it was Vietnam. All right. What's well, on Thailand? I'm sorry. <laughs> they might be close. I don't know. <laughs> What the hell's going on here? I, I don't know. What's the distance between Vietnam and Thailand? I, I, I don't know what the hell's going on here, other than I've clearly lost control of the Burns and Gambo show. I've, I'm I've, saying, I've, like, I've lost you, control. Back it up your point. You didn't lose control. Back it up your point. D'Amico Ryan's going to hire whoever he wants to hire. You want to hire a failed college coach who failed in the NFL? You can hire that guy. He can be your offensive coordinator. <laughs> it's America. The Texans are empowering him to hire who he ever wa- who he wants to hire. Michael Bidwell spoke on the record today about the coaching search. Darren Urban over at azcardinals.com was able to capture the quotes. Um, he was speaking following the Merlin Olson Hall of Fame luncheon during which his grandmother was honored. Quote, it's Super Bowl weekend and the entire NFL is focused on the Super Bowl. So we're going to pause throughout the rest of the weekend and get restarted on the coaching search on Monday morning. We're excited about the great progress we've made. Every bit of advice has been take your time, and we have. I'm sure there are some frustrations with some of our fans, but we want to make the right decision, not the fastest decision. Close quote. To which you responded, and I agree with you 1,000%. People aren't aren't upset with how long it's taken you to get a coach. People are upset with the amount of... The amount of coaches and a GM that decided that this is not the place that they have any interest in being. Brian Flores took a D.C. job with Minnesota while he was one of your final three candidates. What? Yep. Like, why? Yep. D'Amico Ryan's had no interest. Okay, I can live with that. I can live with that. He wanted the Texans job. You know, he he wanted that job. The G the GM guy from the Bears, Ian Cunningham, he didn't want it. He didn't want to interview here. And then what was the other one? Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn. The guy who Tom Pelissero, when he made an appearance on Bickley and Mirage, could have had the job. Could have had the job. This is uh-huh. Tom Pelissero from NFL Network. My my belief is, if Dan Quinn had not decided not to take a coaching job in this cycle, the Cardinals would add their head coach a couple of weeks ago. Didn't end up playing out that way. And so you know they got Luana Rumo talking to him today. Mike Kafka, um, it was there on Tuesday, or excuse me, Zooming on Tuesday because they're, they're back to Zooms here. And, and I know the Cardinals have you know been digging around on some of the coaches in this game, too, and so we'll see you know how exactly they wrap up now, this lots process. Lots of little nuggets in there on that one. Okay, so Kafka was a Zoom on Tuesday, and Aruma was in town today for a second interview. And that little nugget there at the end, and Gambo, at this point, you've waited this long. If you've got any inclination to talk to any of the coaches who are coaching this game on Sunday, you might as well. If you want to talk to Shane Steichen, Jonathan Gannon, if he's available, Eric Bieniemy, if you want, you've waited this long. If, if, it's just it's upsetting to me because it just looks like they weren't organized from the get go. You've got to you've got to know what coaches you want to talk to. Those those both of those teams had the buy. Yes, they both had the buy. You had opportunity to speak to those guys you, much you earlier to, in the you process. Liked, you, you had to you had to wait until they got to the Super Bowl to say you like them. Yeah. So I'm scared about that. I'm worried about that's that. Fair. I'm you know worried, what? That's fair. That's I very worried fair. that three weeks ago when they were on the buy, you didn't identify them as candidates, and then they went a couple of games to the Super Bowl. Oh, that guy would be a great candidate. You should have known that three weeks ago. You could have talked to them without having done anything. 
played them because they were on the bye week. I don't like that part of it. And if you don't understand why Gambo was confusing geographically uh, Thailand with Vietnam, yeah. uh, is because Cliff Kingsbury, in case you missed it, interviewed with the Texans today for their offensive coordinator shop. 650 miles distance. The third, did you look it up just to be sure? Did you do a little yeah, Google Maps yeah, on that yeah, bad boy? It's not that, not that far. Third known candidate for the job, for the Texans OC job, along with Patriots tight ends coach Nick Cayley and 49ers passing game coordinator Bobby Slowick. So Cliff Kingsbury maybe being lured back in. And by the way, the Texans that? have hired a defensive coordinator, and that's former Cardinals defensive lines coach Matt Burke. He's the new D.C. in Texas. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's a, you know, D'Amico must like what some of the, some of the Cardinals coaches have done. He must. That's and, all and, it might, and there might not be a lot of great offensive minds out there to go higher right now. In case you missed it, we were joined by Suns president of Basketball Ops and GM James Jones earlier in the show. All things Kevin Durant, you'll hear it next on the Burns and Gambo Show.